0: So what happens when people go on a diet, if it's something that's moving them towards a way of eating that they actually want, like you want Mm. to not want sugar that much. So when you do something that has you not eat sugar as much, at first the body can't decipher between, oh, this is real. Like she doesn't want sugar that much anymore or she's faking it and she's just not Mm. eating it when she wants it. (laughs) So it doesn't know, your brain knows, your body doesn't. Um, And so at first what happens is, you're doing the things that you and your future see yourself doing. Like I see myself not binging on sugar. Um, and so the body starts to feel amazing. Like, yes, that's great. And it rewards you with weight loss. And it's like, we're on track. We're doing good. We're feeling great. We're checking off all the boxes. And then it finds out that it was all a lie. (laughs) It's not real at all. (laughs) She was using discipline and willpower and it was never going to last. And it's and that's when it gets pretty pissed. And that's when you see a lot of weight gain. Um, And when things worked, and then all of a sudden, they don't work, um, a bit of rebellion starts to happen, because the body's like, you, you played me and I don't like that. Welcome, welcome to Binge On This, the podcast you can safely binge to lose weight. This is your host, Michelle Hasty Thompson, and I am so excited to have you here. So thank you so much for showing up and tuning in. This podcast is inspired by you, and there's nothing more important to me than you walking away with permission to be more of yourself, including having your ideal body. So today we are going to be able to listen in on a weight and food breakthrough session with Tara. And she talks a lot about the fact that she struggles with sugar cravings, um, just consuming too much sweet things, as she calls it. And she talks about overeating at mealtimes and um, also just the struggle when she was losing weight on a diet called Noom. And then she kept testing herself to see how much sugar can she sneak back in, which created a whole whirlwind of problems. I'm sure you can relate to Tara. So tune in and listen as I help her kind of come up with some solutions and some practical things that she can do so that she doesn't have to rely on diets in order to get the results that she wants so badly and get to the point where she's not craving excess sugar. So let's dive in. What is your ideal scenario? Like If you could wave your magic wand, um, what would you love to see happen with your body and weight and food?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, so I just had my second son in February. Uh, and so I, um, held on to a lot of that kind of postpartum weight for a while. And I recently lost like 15 pounds, which feels great. And like back into my heavy pants, but I have like, a large amount of clothes that I can't fit into. So I would love to be able to fit into a lot of my favorite clothes that I have. Um, And then um, more than just fitting into my clothes, because I know clothes are replaceable. um, I, I want to feel good and confident in my body. And I want to get to a place where I can enjoy like the sweet things in life without feeling like it triggers me into like wanting to eat all of the sweet things in life. Um, and so just getting to a place where I feel like confident in my body, I can enjoy things, um, with, you know, limits that are, you know, uh, without having to like worry so much about it, um, and just find a place where I'm kind of like happy and stable Love
0: it. with
1: my weight without going up and down.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. So, this is perfect. So, whenever I'm working with clients, I always want to focus on the food stuff before the weight stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found that when we clear up all the food stuff, it makes obviously it creates a lot of what we want to happen with the weight stuff anyway, but it just feels like this huge thing off your plate, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. now I don't overeat, I don't emotionally eat, like that's not happening anymore. So, if for some reason the weight wasn't already coming off just because of that, it feels like so much more doable because it's like okay, phew, I can just eat normal. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's what I would focus on. Um, and like I said, for most people, when we deal with the food stuff, the weight stuff just kind of takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, then we go down that next rabbit hole together. <laughs> so yeah. with the emotional eating, is it um, you mentioned sweets as a trigger, and that trigger is happening when you start eating sweets only, or is it like when you see sweets, or is it like? Like what are the triggers when it comes to overconsuming sweet food?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, part of that is stress. Um, like I know last week was really stressful <laughs> and you I never was would. Yes. definitely <laughs> eating a lot. Um, you oh, know, I'm I,
0: am going to pause you there. Can you okay. think of an, ex- um, a time last week when you felt triggered by stress to eat sweets that we can walk through?
1: um I, have a, I think i have a better i think i have a better example that's actually like a deeper trigger ah. which is more about the scale okay. um so like because i had been really good i'd cut most sugar out um and then and i had lost a bunch of weight and then so this is i like see the scale going down and then i'm like oh i it was my husband's birthday so i made a birthday cake so i had a little piece of cake and i'm like okay i'm still losing weight okay i did okay with a piece of cake and then it's like it was my birthday so i had some treats and then it's like okay now i'm still losing weight oh i'm gonna have a chai tea okay i had a chai today like you know with some sugar in it i'm still losing weight now let me have chai and sweet and so it's like i get in this game where it's like i see how much sweet stuff i can have while still losing weight and then that like sets me off and then i like get really down on myself and then that i think that triggers me to just be like fuck it i'm gonna eat yeah. and I've been trying to do intermittent fasting so then at like noon I'd be like super hungry and I'd like eat everything in sight like last week I had like a one and a half peanut butter deli sandwiches for lunch because I was so hungry and I was like I'm just like <laughs> yeah like, not healthy but I'm like I want sugar and I'm like <laughs> anyway
0: okay cool so this is by the way very normal um, okay. so, especially the scale thing um and the testing it so it's like you know what can I get away with and still get what I want? Right. Because yeah. ultimately, so there's a difference between um, like wanting something and like wanting to want something. So what I mean is like, people will tell me, I don't want, I don't want sugar. They'll tell me, I, I don't want sugar. It doesn't make me feel good. I eat too much of it. And I'm like, well, you do want sugar. You just don't want to want sugar. <laughs> there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. So you're like at the point where you're using the, like diets and different techniques to try to force yourself to not want to want sugar, but the reality is you want it. And so we have to deal with reality and the, right. and, the, and start there. Um, so then it goes back to what are you getting from sugar? What, what do you love about it? Why, what happens when your brain says go get some sugar?
1: Yeah. I think I get like an energy rush. And I also like, if I eat something that's rich enough, I get, like, a brain tangle, and so that's what, you know, like, and so I think there is some sort of, you know, rush that I get from
0: it, but. If there was no weight gain, like, you were magic and you could eat (laughs) 17 chocolate cake and be fine, would that be good? Like, you'd be like, cool, I didn't gain weight from it, then I'm good with eating sugar, or is there anything else that would cause you to not want to eat it?
1: Um... I mean, I feel like it doesn't contribute to stable energy throughout the day, right? So I I know that if I have it, then I crash and then I want more of it, right? So I understand that it's not healthy. And I also understand that I do go to it to comfort me sometimes. And I know that that's also not healthy. So like if I did all of those things and I didn't lose weight, would it be, or if I didn't gain weight, would it be such a big issue? Maybe not, but I think that I care enough about my health and wellness um, that I would care.
0: Okay. So yeah. here's, here's what I'm going to recommend. So, um, and by the way, because we just met for everybody who's watching. So, <laughs> so, Tara doesn't know much about me or my, brother. I know
1: nothing about
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing. Oh, there you go. Um, so everything I do is pretty unconventional. So you're just going to okay. have to trust me here because you okay. probably counter to everything you've ever heard. Um, but when we are hyper-focused on a food, you're right. Yes, sugar does things, great, like there's triggers in the brain, things like that, that makes people believe it's addictive or make people believe, oh, it's like my brain wants it and it's, it's, it's like that, that high, that rush is why I keep wanting it, but I don't necessarily subscribe to all of that. But I also believe that like mindfulness trumps all anyway. So what I, what I would recommend you do is you're gonna plan to eat your sugar. So what that means is if you don't have any in the house, go to the store and buy all the sweet things that you think about all the time. Um, All of them, don't just buy one because this won't work if you're feeling restricted or deprived at all. So when I did this with potato chips, for example, it wouldn't have worked for me to buy one bag of potato chips because if I allowed myself, I would binge on the entire bag and then it would be gone and I would feel deprived again. So when I did this, I had to buy like three or four bags of potato chips, not because I was actually going to eat them all, but because I needed to know there was more. I couldn't, you know, if, if there was only one, I knew when that bag was empty, there were no more, and that made me feel deprived. And when you're in this cycle with the food, this very irrational place, it's coming from deprivation and restriction. So we have to feel like it's in abundance. Like, okay. don't tell yourself, this is a one-time thing. This is the only time you can do this. Eat it all now because you're never going to have it again. Like all the language in your head has to be Tara you can eat this as much as you want. You can have this every meal if you want it, like you are a grown ass woman. And if you want it, you can have it. So that's the language that has to be occurring in your head so that your brain calms down and stopped acting like it's on an island and it's never gonna get it ever again. Cause that's where that illogical stuff's coming from. Okay. So you buy all the food, all the sweet things, and like plan it. So with breakfast, if you're eating, I don't know, eggs and toast, put your sweet thing on the plate with your breakfast. Most imp- And you can do this every meal you can do it. Snacks, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not off limits at all. Um, but the caveat to all of it, the only way this works is if you actually sit and enjoy the food. So especially those sweet things, your brain has to feel the full eating experience if it's going to actually feel satisfied and from that food, um, especially ones we feel deprived of. So you're going to sit down with your sweet things that you love. You're going to close your eyes. You're going to take a few deep breaths. You're going to eat a bite. You're going to taste everything about it, every ingredient. Take deep breaths as you're chewing. Like you love sweet things. You need to make it like the most enjoyable experience of your life and do that. You have enough of those enjoyable experiences, your brain will get satisfied. That's the first step. And then the second step is once you've gotten through the deprivation, which doesn't take very long, usually a couple days, um, where you're more rational around it, then when you are in the habit of wanting to eat it for energy, you just pause and you say, I can have it. I can, I'm feeling low energy. I can go have something sweet. It will bump up my energy temporarily. I will have a crash afterwards. And do I want that crash? Not, do I want the sweet thing for pleasure? Not, do I want the immediate energy burst? Do I want the crash? because that's the actual end of that loop, right? We kind of lie to ourselves like, oh, but it's this, and we pretend the other parts aren't part of it, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. they are. So that's not where we start though, right? Because when you're in deprivation, you're rational. So there's no point of trying to have a logical conversation about it in your own head. Yeah. So that has to calm down first. Uh, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Okay, so that's your sugar exercise. Um, okay. most likely what will happen is as you become more present with your sweet things, um, things are going to start to taste too sweet for you. Uh, mm-hmm. it's going to start to be less pleasurable, um, except for the ones that are truly joyful from an ingredient perspective. Um, in other words, like I subscribe that like fast food and really uh, low quality foods that people say are addictive because they trigger certain chemicals in the brain, like that can only happen if you're not present, right? Like if you're present, you can't get over how disgusting a really shitty piece of food is. <laughs> like if you like right. try to eat like, you know, something really low quality, like not in the car driving, like sitting at set the table, play the music and open your like paper McDonald's hamburger. Um, and it, it just doesn't taste the same because you're so present with it. Like you can't bypass the chemical engineering of it anymore. <laughs> so. That's that's the difference that will happen when you start to become more present when you eat, is like, Oh, I don't even know if I like this. Like I've had mm-hmm. people tell me I had this one client that loved those little powdered donuts, like, you mm-hmm. know, the package. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's awesome. That's great. I love that you love those. So what you're going to do is eat them every day. Not that you have to, but you can. But when you eat them, I want you to sit down. So the thing I just told you, sit down, Mm -hmm. enjoy it, breathe. And she ate the first one. And then she called me. She's like, it literally tastes like wax. (laughs) I'm like, well, it's always tasted like wax. wax, You just didn't know it. (laughs) So you're going to start to notice things. So every single one of my clients tells me, wow, things I thought I liked, I don't like you know, think like healthy foods that I didn't know I liked, I really like like all these things start shifting in your flavor profiles, when you're actually allowing your body to be part of the experience. Mm -hmm. When you have enough eating experiences, your brain stops hyper focusing on food. So we don't just feed our bellies, we also feed our heads, our head needs like joy and presence and nourishment and satisfaction, the things that we get from food, the reason we don't just take food pills, right? Mm -hmm. eating experience is an important part of your day. They have to actually happen. They have to be like processed by your brain. Like I sat down and I ate breakfast. I tasted it and I enjoyed it and then it can move on. If you don't, then it's like, did we eat? And your body's like, yeah, we ate. I'm full. Your brain's like, well, where was that? Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember eating. Yeah. (laughs) So we have to involve both of those things.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So that's your sugar assignment. Okay. Uh, emotional eating, is that separate from this or is that the same? Um,
1: I feel like... I mean... um, I feel like... Yes and no. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that will probably... I think that'll... I think that'll work for, um, most of it. Yeah. I mean, there might yeah. be,
0: you're yeah. right. So what, what's happening, um, I call it mind. So I kind of call it mind hunger. So mm-hmm. mind hunger is any time you're triggered to eat for some reason other than hunger. So we have physical hunger, yeah, belly, growling, exactly. right? Yeah. So mind hunger is like, I saw a food and now I want to eat it or yeah my husband's eating and now I want to eat it or my child's yeah. eating a food and I don't even like that food, but I need to eat it now. So yeah. like that's, that's called external eating. That's the trigger yeah. of external eating. And then we have emotional eating, which is I eat cause I'm sad. I eat cause I'm happy. I eat what like all those trigger food wanting to eat. And then there's restrained eating, which is when you eat because you're feeling deprived, right? So the brain mm-hmm. is starved for eating experiences and for joy and pleasure from food, which is most often where all my clients start out. Mm -hmm. not 100% of the time, because they're coming off of a diet every time. So that out of control feeling we have with food is because our mind is asking to eat all the time, because of those three instances of those different triggers. Um, So you're right, as soon as we start having actual eating experiences, um, everything calms down and the mind stops asking for food. So you're then you're back to just physical hunger, which Mm -hmm. is usually fixes the problem for everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's actually the easiest one. So when I work with my clients, it's a 15 day process to get the, to eliminate all those mind hunger things. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, they f- are usually seeing results within two or three days. Yeah, <laughs> so, so effective once you do it. Yeah, yeah. so it's awesome. Cool. <laughs> so that's that. And then yeah. uh, in terms of the, let me phrase that differently. If all that mind hunger was gone and you were only eating when you were hungry and stopping when you were full, what else would get in the way of your success in your perception of just weight stuff in general, weight or food?
1: Um, So if I was only eating when I was hungry. So the other thing I've been working on, which ties into this is not overeating and eating slower or just eating like I think it helps to just, I've been trying to like not put as much food on my plate. Cause then it kind of stops me from having so much to eat, but otherwise I know I eat too fast and then I eat too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to, you know, it's hard as a mom because I'm like trying to eat, um, a yeah. little bit of time I have. <laughs> so I tend to scarf it down, but, uh, yeah. So I think that, um, but, you know, it goes the same thing. You slow down and you breathe and you enjoy your food and you're likely going to get the nutrients that you need. It's not like you're going to starve. And if you're hungry, again, you can come back and eat
0: some more or something.
1: But um, That's the logical
0: point of view, yes. Yeah. You're, you're most likely, if, if you have a history of overeating um, or yeah. eating, then that you're not going to be coming from logic at first. Um, yeah. So it's not as simple as oh, understanding yeah. that logically. Um, you have to actually yeah. work with the irrational part. So it would be like, your child coming to you and saying, mommy, there's a monster under the bed and you you know, there's not a monster under the bed, but you can't just say there's no monster under the bed. Cause that's not satisfying to them, right? Their right. mind there is. Um, yeah. So you have to play with it, right? Like, okay, yeah. well let's get the monster fire extinguisher or whatever, right? Like you play the role <laughs> and, and then you help them through it because you meet them where they are and walk them out. Right? So it's the same thing for this. We have to meet your brain where it is. Um, And with overeating, it's almost always, like 99.9% of the time, lack of presence. Um, Even when people say, I just like the food too much, and that's why I keep eating it, because I don't want the pleasure to stop, is the perception. Mm -hmm. It's actually the total opposite. Um, If you were fully present, you wouldn't be able to keep eating, because you'd be Mm -hmm. too conscious of the body sensations, and the brain would be telling you to stop right now for most of my clients, the brain's telling them to keep going. So it doesn't matter if the body's telling you to stop because your brain's like, yeah, screw that. We're gonna keep eating because I want more. Mm -hmm. I have been chasing this pleasure experience for 10 years or whatever, and I still haven't gotten it. And and so it'll just keep chasing it until you're like so freaking present that it's like, oh, that was really awesome. Mm -hmm. So overeating is 99.9% of the time, just lack of presence. Now, I know you're busy. I'm a mom too. I get it. What I tell my young moms is just make sort of a pact with yourself that you won't ever put food in your mouth unless you can actually focus on that piece of food. So even if it's just one bite, so you like, you know, whatever you're doing, you pause, you like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a bite of food right now. (laughs) Just like super present. (laughs) And then like you pick up the food, you take a bite, you like try to take a deep breath and then maybe your child, calls you from over here. So you just like one second, swallow, breathe, go attend to whatever you need to attend to, but like, just make it a pack. Like I'm not going to put food in my body unless I can actually consciously register that I'm eating it. Um, otherwise you will can be continuously triggered to eat by your mind.
1: Okay, Got it.
0: Yeah. So really what it comes down to is just like extreme yeah. presence, even if it's just yeah. a moment. Yeah. But like we have a tendency to just like grab a handful of nuts as we walk by throw yeah. them in the mouth. And then that yeah. does nothing for our, our brain doesn't even know what happened. Yeah. Got so it. Just wasted calories, right? Wasted yeah. pleasure or joy or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's going to happen is you won't be willing to waste an eating experience. Mind, like you won't be able to eat mindlessly because you don't want to waste that opportunity to eat because you'll, appreciate those, that experience so much. You'll love your eating experience so much, but you're like, I'm not going to, no, I'll just wait like 10 minutes until I can sit down and enjoy it. Cause I'm not going to lose the opportunity. That's what will start to happen. Yeah. Just okay. automatically. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then the other trigger for eating that I notice a lot, especially because we almost always are coming from the world of dieting is that we tie our food intake to our weight Um, And whenever we make our food decisions based on our weight, we're going to be in some kind of irrational or logical eating relationship because it's actually not accurate. Um, Food doesn't equal weight gain. Excess calories don't even equal weight gain. The the easiest way I can explain it is like when we consume too much food, it's just way more work for the body. If you keep making the body work so much harder, it's going to slow down all the processes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah the body's
1: the body's stressed yeah.
0: body's stressed and so yeah. if you can make that shift in your brain like it's not that i ate too much food that caused the weight gain it's that i put too much effort onto my weight loss department <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could, that makes sense. Gave them too much to do yeah so all the mm-hmm. employees slowed down they all came they're like whoa whoa this is too much work like <laughs> i can't handle it right yeah. so If you can make that switch in your mind and you stop equating food to weight um, you're gonna be feel a lot lighter already
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: you're not supposed to think in that way like we are as humans anybody who's naturally thin as they say or has never struggled with weight does not think of food that way right it's just food is food it's enjoyable it's delicious it's sometimes a means to an end when we're rushed like that's its purpose and then weight is this other entity over here and they really do need to be kept separate for, um, to be rational about your food decisions. Okay. Do you feel like you can make that distinction?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I can, yeah, I understand, um, enough about the body to (laughs) know that, to, to understand of how to logically understand how, um, it's more about like taxing the system than, about what you how or I guess the calories per se and I think that's why you know when you choose foods that are easier for the body to digest it's probably easier to lose weight that way too but
0: honestly um, less but I maybe, mean maybe I mean here's the thing I come from the world of psychology not nutrition so a nutritionist is probably going to kill me for saying this but it's actually less about what you eat um and more about the environment you're eating in yeah so if you're yeah. stressed out and you put healthy food in a stressed out environment, your digestion metabolism. Oh yeah.
1: You're not going to digest it anyway. Like I, no. I, I teach that and I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah. It's, it's like what you eat matters eventually, but when you're in- when
1: It you're matters in- if you can digest it because you're not- Exactly. But like if you're stressed out, it really doesn't matter. So we could be spending all the money on an organic diet and it doesn't matter because you're not digesting it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I 100%.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. So it's more important to be thinking about how can I create an ideal environment for my body? So that means how can I make sure that when I'm consuming food, it's as relaxed and present yeah. as possible, like in real yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, how can I create a relaxing um, environment for my body in other ways? Right. So the types of movements we choose, are they really in, like stress-inducing, high-intensity, go, go, go? which is probably not the most ideal movement for most people who, um, unless they just don't have stress, but you know, this yeah. is why I recommend yes. yoga as a movement tool. Right. Cause it from. balances. Yeah. It balances. You're exactly. speaking my language. Okay, good. At all. Okay. I know.
1: <laughs> I'm all about nervous system balance. That's my thing. So
0: that, <laughs> <laughs> so that, so hopefully what you can interpret, so that scale moving one way or the yeah. other, Hopefully you can start to interpret that not as did I eat the way I needed to eat, but more, did I do a good job creating like an awesome environment for my body? Okay,
1: cool. That I like that. Like you
0: did the di- Which diet did you do?
1: Well, I've just been doing intermittent fasting. I, I started doing Noom just to hold myself accountable. I'm a women's health coach. So like, I know, you know, I know all the right things, but like, that doesn't mean that I don't have my own issues. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that to kind of just help me, um, like some accountability and like started counting my calories through that, but I haven't been kind count- I did the calories for like two weeks maybe. And I was like, okay, I'm way overeating. Um, I'm going to scale back. And then I just kind of started gradually going into intermittent fasting with like the way my day goes. And so I've been doing that okay. and then
0: so, I mean, just trying to generally saying- eat healthy. I mean, obviously you do whatever you want, but the problem with relying on those, like I see weight loss programs, traditional weight loss programs as um, programs to study, but not as rules. So you, you learn about intermittent fasting and then you ask your body what it thinks about that. Um, as opposed to making a decision about what you're going to do, basically what you're going to force your body to do, um, which is never going to work. So, you know, there's not very many people that intermittent fasting is the natural way for them to eat.
1: Oh yeah. I I agree with that. I'm just going to say that it's just sometimes it's easy when you're
0: like, you know, I don't know, it just works
1: and I don't do it every day, but you know,
0: for you, maybe mentally, but really hard on your body.
1: Yeah, especially on women. I think it's easier for men. But
0: well, like, that's how my husband hormones. eats normally. Like, he does yeah. not eat until probably 1 o'clock, naturally. Yeah. Um, and if that's what's happening, like, the, the intermittent fasting, like, all the people who didn't want to eat breakfast and were told their whole life they had to eat breakfast, intermittent right. fasting gave them, them. the yeah. excuse they've been looking for to eat the way yeah. that they want to eat. For the rest of us who do have hunger when we wake up and do have hunger prior to whatever the hour is, um, when your body, anytime your body signals something, I'm mm-hmm. hungry, I'm thirsty, I have to go to the bathroom, I'm tired, I need a break, any information your body gives you, if you don't listen to it, you're basically telling your body, screw you, I don't care what you want, we're doing it my way. And the more times we do that, the more disconnected we come from the body and the less the body's yes. going to communicate with us. So that's why it's like easy for you, but you're, it's creating a longer term problem. You're, you're creating okay. distrust. I see that. Yeah. Even okay. like, if your child was like, mom, I'm hungry. And you're like, too bad. I don't feel like feeding you. Yeah.
1: How about like, like if you're intermittent fasting and you're not just ignoring it, like trying to stick till noon, but if you're like, okay, today I feel hungry at nine, I'm going to eat at nine. Today I feel hungry at noon. I'm going to eat at noon. And that's okay because you're like intuitively. Cause I think also like how often do I actually feel hungry, you know, like where, I think on this, like doing intermittent fasting, I actually allow myself to feel hungry.
0: But that might be the, so once again, if we have overruled the body for any period of time, it communicates way less. So it might not be that you're not hungry. It might be that your body's not signaling very loudly that it's hungry. So then it doesn't, you don't notice the signal until it's very, very (laughs) loud.
1: Right. And then that's when I binge eat.
0: And that's when you're going to binge because how could you not? Right. So you like, I, so I use a number scale for fullness for hunger and one, to ten, seven being optimal. So if you're looking at a hunger, right? So if you're at seven, that's like, I'm hungry. I'm not like, I'm going to eat you if you don't get out of my way hungry, but like I'm hungry Uh, or like five, I'm not that hungry, but I'm going to eat anyway. So once you get to eight, nine and 10 on the hunger scale, It's like binge eating and overeating is sort of inevitable at that point. Um, And and if my clients come to me and they say, I binge ate, the first thing I ask them is, well, how hungry were you before you ate? And if they're at eight, nine or 10, I'm like, then there's no conversation to have here. Of course you binge ate. (laughs) So you you don't want to be that hungry. You don't want your body to rely on loud messages for you to listen. You want to listen in the subtleties, the little whispers. And so connected to your body that like, you're like, oh, almost anticipate its needs, right? Like you're usually hungry at nine. So you know what? I'm going to plan to feed you at nine. Of course, I'm always going to check in at nine and see if you want the food, but I'm going to take care of you like you would a child, which is where they can rely on a schedule and know that you're always going to be there for them. And so it's, it's nice to have rhythm, always check in, but that's more, it's more likely your body's on a rhythm than not. Oh yeah, Very unlikely that you're hungry at nine one day and 12 the next day, unless you ate <laughs> so much food the night before that <laughs> yeah. your body's like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, totally. But usually that. it wants about the same every day. You know, yeah. what you eat usually changes. Like what you want to yeah. you eat, your cravings tends to change. Right. But okay. um, I would be shocked if that's how your body was. But once again, yeah. like all these questions rely on knowing how connected you are to your body. So like I have like a set of things that my clients do where I get like a snapshot of where they are and it Mm -hmm. helps me understand more like, well, where are we starting? Because if we don't have a really deep connection to the body, then there's no point of even talking about those things yet because we're not even coming from the right place. Like, I can't trust your answers in a way. They're not coming from They're <laughs> coming from you, right? Like I need to right. talk to your body, not you, right? <laughs> like okay. I want to move you aside and be like, "Okay, Tara's body. Tell me what you want and need." <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> shut her down for a second, <laughs> and then so that's my job. I I'm the body. Okay. okay. The, no, Perfect. That's not that's not what your body wants. <laughs> okay. Got it. So like I'm here okay. for your body. If I'm here for your body, your body's gonna be there for you. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's kind of my goal. <laughs> my clients <laughs> I'm there <laughs> so that you feel, your body feels really taken care of and it doesn't feel stressed out. doesn't feel like it's going to be starved. It doesn't feel like it's going to be robbed of joy. It doesn't feel like it's going to be robbed of pleasure. Like it feels really safe and secure and taken care of and loved um, and not... You know that unconditional love, where I love you more when you look this way, but I not when you look that way, or I'll take away food when you do something I don't like, like just that whole manipulative game has to go. Yeah. Okay. Decisions based on your intellect have to go.
1: Right.
0: That's overwhelming your body's intuition of telling you what it wants. Okay. And most likely on Noom. That's what I was gonna say earlier. So what happens when people go on a diet if it's something that's moving them towards a way of eating that they actually want, like you want Mm. to not want sugar that much. So when you do something that has you not eat sugar as much, at first, the body can't decipher between, oh, this is real, like she doesn't want sugar that much anymore, or she's faking it, and she's just not Mm. eating it when she wants it. (laughs) So it doesn't know, your brain knows, your body doesn't. Um, And so at first, what happens is, you're doing the things that you and your future see yourself doing. Like I see myself not binging on sugar. Um, And so the body starts to feel amazing. Like, yes, that's great. And it rewards you with weight loss. And it's like, we're on track. We're doing good. We're feeling great. We're checking off all the boxes. And then it finds out that it was all a lie. (laughs) It's not real at all. (laughs) She was using discipline and willpower and it was never gonna last. And, it's, and that's when it gets pretty pissed. And that's when you see a lot of weight gain. Um, and when things worked and then all of a sudden they don't work, um, a bit of rebellion starts to happen because the body's like, you, you played me and I don't like that.
1: Yeah. Okay, I can see that.
0: <laughs> you, want, you want to get there on your own, like organically, like where you just yeah. don't, you don't crave the sugar anymore. And that's what we can get to very quickly. Okay but you don't want to fake it. If you want it, you have to give yourself that. or Yeah, all right. Work. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> We're all good to go here. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed today's Food and Weight Breakthrough Session. Breakthrough Sessions happen live on the Ohm Institute Facebook page every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you'd like to apply to have your weight and food breakthrough session, which is totally free, just head to the slash podcast. That's theominstitute.app forward slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I'll see you next time.